Father, we worship you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Just tell the Lord thank you this morning. Just say thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you, Lord. Come on, that's good. Thank you. Say it. Thank you. Well, I don't have nothing to be thankful for. You're alive. You couldn't be dead. But I don't feel like saying thank you. That's exactly why you need to say it. Thank you. Lord, thank you. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Lord, as we step over into this, begin to minister your word, Lord, I thank you for making my tongue the pen of a ready writer. We unite our faith together this morning to believe, to receive everything you have for us. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen, amen, amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Just lift your hands and just thank the Lord. Lord, we thank you. 
We say, say it. We say, so be it, Lord. Amen, amen. So be it. In the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Yes. Thank you, Lord. Yes, thank you, Lord. You know, guys, worship is not about you. Somebody said, oh, here he goes again. No, I'm just telling you what I feel like the Spirit of the Lord is really trying to get across. You know, every one of us should, if we haven't, then we can get that taken care of. But every one of us should be in a place where we've given our heart to the Lord. And every one of us, at one point in time in our life, have heard the voice of the Lord, or do hear the voice of the Lord. But if I hear the voice of the Lord, and Langston hears the voice of the Lord, and we were to stand up and give that word... It would be the same word, but it would be given in a different way than, than I would give it because we're different personalities. It comes through the funnel. It comes through the filter of who our personalities are. What's the same way with worship? Worship is not about you. You know, in the six years I've been here, I don't think I've ever given a really a, a I won't say a word of rebuke, but a, 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 a corrective word. I've given words of adjustments before. I've given, I've said some things from the heart of God that I believe were adjustments. But this is, this is a stronger word in me. <clears throat> and it really goes back to honor. But the Spirit of the Lord is saying this morning, worship is not about you. It's about Him. We worship Him. We give Him what is worthy and do Him. We give it to Him because of what He did. Because He is worthy of all power and all glory and all majesty. And I say these things not to condemn you. I don't say these things because I'm I don't say these things because I'm frustrated because I'm not frustrated. I'm not. I'm going to worship the Lord and we're going to do what the Lord says to do, but I'm telling you, the heart of God is the lie of the enemy has been sown in your hearts and in our hearts and in our culture. And it says that if the music's right and if the tone's right and if the atmosphere's right and if the temperature's right, then we can worship the Lord. And David danced before the Lord. In his ephah, he got before the Lord and took off all his kingly clothes and he danced before the Lord and said, I worship you, not what man thinks. Because I love you. Because I want more of you. Because I want to honor you. Because I want to be worthy of you. And the Lord says you are worthy. I've made you worthy. And yet the enemy has lied. 
and sown deception into our hearts and said, well, you know, everything's got to be right for you to enter in. Uh, I've heard people say this, I didn't get anything out of that service this morning. That doesn't mean that there wasn't anything to get. I've said that. I've went into a service before, heard somebody ministering. said, boy, I didn't get none out of that. But yet there was somebody next to me that did. What's the difference? Thank you. What's the difference? What's the difference? Yes, ma'am. Is it on? Okay. I I saw us and I saw God and we were doing this and he was doing this. He he was drawing this and we were we're done, Lord. We're done. We're done. But he wants more. He wants more. He wants us to live in that place, not just come in once in a while. He wants us to have a heart of worship and of knowing that he's our father and he loves us and he wants to give us good gifts. He wants us to draw near to him, especially when we feel like we're far away. Yes. Because what has our feelings got to do with that? He said, draw near to me. Come near. I'm here. I want to be close to you. You're my children, and I love yes. you. And I, I love you to come in. I, I tore the veil for you to come in. Come in to. I'm not too busy. I'm not too busy for you, my children. I love you. I want you to come in and get everything you need. I have everything you need for this life. Come in and spend time with me, and everything you have need of is there. Yes. Yes. I, I've been reading uh, devotional, and I got stuck on one page. I'm trying to read it enough till I memorize it all, but the bottom line was this. It said, when you get to the place that you no longer desire the blessing, you just desire him. That's good. Say that. Can you get to the place that you don't care about the blessing? Yes. You just want him. You just want him, whether you get the blessing or not. That's right. It won't hurt you. It won't affect you. It won't change you. You want him. Just him. See, and that's where the blessings is. It's in the fullness of his presence. It's in the fullness of his presence. How many of you have, <clears throat> have been in worship 
or you've been in a praise and worship service, and you've said from your mouth, Lord, I magnify your name. We've sung that. You know, we've sung songs like that. We say, Lord, I magnify your name. How can you magnify somebody who's already big? That's like saying I magnify the sun. The sun is already there. The light is already there. How do you magnify someone who is? Colossians says that, the, that, that in God are held together everything. That means this chair, the molecules in this chair, is being held together by His presence. The molecules in your body and my body are being held together by His presence. So in one sense, you could say that the presence of the Lord are in people who don't even believe in Jesus yet. That's called mercy. But we're held together. It's held together by His presence, by His glory. And when we magnify, how can you magnify someone who is already magnified Beyond our comprehension. How many of you had a magnifying glass when you were, I know all the boys are raising their hand, you had a magnifying glass when you were growing up, right? And you go outside and you find the little lone ranger ant that's running around. And you take, you got one. You take that magnifying glass and what do you do? Do you? But in your eyes, what happens? You take what's already there and you bring a focused concentration of it to the point of what you're looking at. So much so that we're going to burn that little ant in half or twig or leaf or firecracker. So when you say, Lord, I'm barren, Lord, I'm barren. And you may, I don't, can't do it. I can't make it happen. What happens? See, that's where it's at. That's where the birthplace of everything that you need in your life is in His presence. And His presence is in Him. But if we go along life, <clears throat> and we're traveling along the road, I'm going to hold on to this, is not? We travel along life's road, and we get distracted. Everybody say distracted. The Lord, let me tell you what the Lord is doing in my life. He has taken every excuse imaginable that I have ever placed in front of Him, and He's wiping it off the table. So that when I say, but I can't because, he goes, Pfft. but, Pfft. but Lord, why not? Pfft. Because it's in his presence where I have everything that pertains to life and godliness. I can't. Why do you think that the enemy resists worship so much? Why did we feel resistance this morning? Because he knows 
that if you don't enter into His presence, then you can't magnify, you can't be changed, and then you become discouraged. The Bible says that hope deferred makes the heart sick. Why is your hope deferred? Because your hope and my hope has been, we've been lied to and we put our hope and our, and our, and our life and our sustenance into things that pass away. That's why I said last week, I said, if the, the, the renewed mind, the regenerated mind, the one that's in the Word, the one that's in, engulfed in everything that God has, the, unre, the renewed mind, the changed mind, the one that's in the Word of God that's being transformed from glory to glory is not impressed nor intimidated by numbers, circumstances, situations, or even sickness because it knows where from life and power come from. We've been lied to. Everybody knows you can't enter into praise and worship without a drummer. What did I say last week? I said, if the only way that you enter into praise and worship with God Almighty is if everything on your checklist is checked off, then you're carnal. I said it to myself. I'm not just saying it to you. You and I should be able to walk into the coldest darkest religious church in the world and if they sing anything about Jesus Christ everybody else in this group may think I'm crazy go to 2 Samuel chapter 6 because this is what I wanted to you believing with me this morning because I have a ton of stuff in different directions we can go but I don't want to go the directions that I want to go I want to go the way the Lord wants so believe with me Father we believe together that we'll go where you want us to go this morning. 2 Samuel chapter 6, David's bringing in the ark. He's bringing the presence of the Lord back into Jerusalem where it belongs. And everybody's excited. Everybody's, I mean, they're throwing parties. And they got confetti. I mean, it's like a, I mean, everybody's excited. And David begins to walk and he strips off his kingly robes. Now, it says that he began to dance Chapter 6, verse 14. Then David danced before the Lord with all. Everybody say all. You know, somebody did a Greek study on that word all. Studied it in Greek, Hebrew, Aramaic, and English. And found that the literal meaning for the word all is, guess what? He danced with all his might, meaning that every fiber of his being, every emotion in his body, every ounce of strength that he had, he danced before the Lord with all his might. You ever done that? Don't answer it. I'm just asking. And David was wearing a linen ephod. Now, what they, what they say is some folks believed that it was see-through. Some folks didn't believe it. I really don't care either way because the Lord looks at the heart. But what it does demonstrate is that he took off his kingly attire. 
that which made him, that gave him honor, that gave him the position of, of class that he had, the place that God had called him and anointed him when he was a shepherd boy and said, you shall be king. He took all that off and danced before the Lord with all his might. What I find interesting was, it doesn't say necessarily that anybody else joined in. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with the sound of the trumpet. So David started it and then what happened? Then all the house started joining in. Glory! Now as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael, Saul's daughter, looked through a window and saw King David leaping and whirling before the Lord and she despised him in her heart. Two things I find interesting. Number one, they didn't reference her as David's wife. They referenced her as what? Saul's daughter. Saul was a man that was called by God, but then what happened? He got off. The Lord didn't attribute her to him. He attributed her to Saul. Because the Bible says that David was a man after God's own heart. That's one thing I noticed that was interesting. I was like, Lord, why are you? I mean, that's the man's wife. How are you going to not refer? He said, because she despised him. And I asked the Lord, I said, why? Why does she despise David? What difference does it make? People have looked at me and said, why do you raise your hands? Why do you speak in tongues? Why do you run? What difference does it make? That's like somebody who gets mad because somebody else gave a big offering. Just go on and rub, rub your toes off. Why do we get mad at each other? What difference does it make? It ain't your money. It's not your worship, it's mine. It wasn't her worship, it was his. But why did she get so mad? She got so mad that she said, it said she despised David. Because religion and political spirits, remember what I said last week, despise, detest, and hate extravagant displays of worship. Why? Because they can't be controlled. This morning, there was a little bit of that. A little bit of that spirit trying to creep in. Why? Because you can't control it. You can't measure it, you can't adjust for it, and you can't control it. But it doesn't have any place here. Why? Because religion wants to control that. Why did, why did they kill Jesus? Because they couldn't control it. Because religion wants to control something. Religion wants to be in control. Religiousness, political spirits, they want to have the say and be in control. Why do you think we are going through what we're going through as a country with an election that I have never seen the likes of as long as I've been alive? Why? Because it's about control. We are in a battle. And the best main weapon is worship. 
I think one of the most challenging things for me to wrap my mind around is a, is a strategy of an army based solely upon the praise and worship team. Okay, guys, this is what we're going to do. We're going to battle. Everybody locked and loaded? You ready? All right. Before we go, we're going to send the praise and worship team first, and then we're going to back them up. But they don't have no weapons. That's what the Lord said do. So there's Michael, and there's Haley. She's got a, I don't know, is Haley playing the guitar or is she going to play the piano? Either one. Yeah, so she's playing the guitar. Ryan's got his snare drum. There they go, out to battle. I mean, to me, that's ridiculous. But everybody fell in the Old Testament. You know what story I'm talking about? Here's what we're going to do, guys. We got to take that wall down. We're going to let the praise and worship team run around there seven times and sing. We're going to see what happens. The things of God don't always make sense to the natural mind. Why? Because it's not supposed to. It's spiritual. That's why when you're praying for somebody and the Lord says, the Spirit of the Lord says for you to do something, and your brain goes, that's crazy. That's probably the Lord. Because He's trying to get us to disengage from that which is natural and engage that which is spiritual. So David is dancing wildly before the Lord. And Michael looks at him and she despises him. Why? Why? I don't know how we can't. I don't know how people don't enter in. That's like you standing in front of a water uh, fire hydrant. Uh, my brother was a fireman for years. You stand in that fire, how, much, how many pounds of pressure come out of them fire hydrants? A lot, right? So it's like somebody's standing in there and a bunch of people are standing around that fire hydrant and playing and water's just everywhere and you standing over there and you get soaking wet. And you're just sitting there wiping it. I can't believe they're dancing in front of all that water. I mean, it just, that's what she was doing. Instead of looking out and going, glory to God, something's going on. I got to get down in that. I got to get wet. No, she despised him. Why? Because she valued the political, religious spirit more than she valued and honored the things of God. So they brought the ark of the Lord in and set it in its place in the midst of the tabernacle that David had erected. Then David offered burnt offerings and peace offerings before the Lord. There you go, just sacrificing again, honoring the Lord, honor. And when David had finished offering burnt offerings and peace offerings, he blessed the people in the name of the Lord. Then he distributed among all the people, among the whole multitudes of Israel, both the women and men, to everyone a loaf of bread, a piece of meat, and a cake of bread. And all the people departed, everyone to his house. See, when you worship the Lord together, you don't ever come away hungry. Then David returned to bless his household. And Michael, the daughter of Saul, there it is again came out to meet David and said, How glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself in the eyes of the maids of his servants. And one of his base 
And, and one of the base fellows shamelessly uncovers himself. She's being sarcastic. Sarcasm. Let's just say it this way. You don't, let's not dabble in sarcasm. It's one thing. There's a level of uh, camaraderie. Okay, there's a level of camaraderie that happens where we can joke with one another without tearing one another down. But she goes, how glorious was the king of Israel today? You done uncovered yourself and all them women done saw it. They saw it. They done saw you. How glorious are you, King David? Do you see the spirit behind this? Here he is dancing before the Lord, honoring the Lord regardless of what anybody thinks. And his wife says, well, how glorious were you? So David said to Michael, it was before the Lord who chose me instead of your father. And all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord, over Israel. Therefore, I will play music before the Lord. I don't care about your religiousness. I don't care about your political schemes. I'm going to do what I want to do for the Lord because it's not about you or Saul. It's about him. And he just, I like what he said. He reminded her. <laughs> it was before the Lord who chose me. Not your daddy. And I will be even more undignified than this and will be humble in my own sight. But as for the maidservants of whom you have spoken, by them I will be held in honor. Therefore Michael, the daughter of Saul, had no children to the day of her death. He's saying, look, I don't even get honor in my own house. But I bet you those maidservants will honor the the things of God. Now, I don't know, because it's not clear, I don't know if David turned away from her as his wife because of her heart, because of how she despised, not him, listen to me, she despised his display to the Lord because it was undignified. Why did she get why did it bother her? Because it pointed a finger into what she wasn't doing for the Lord. Anytime somebody gets upset and frustrated at you or begins to judge you for something you're doing to the Lord, it's because it shines a light on what they're not doing before the Lord. Well, that's why the Pharisee, the Pharisees got so mad. Because it was dim, because Jesus would constantly demonstrate the love and the mercy and the grace of God to them, and they would get mad because it wasn't controllable. Because it always pointed to the fact that religion and the world system is self-centered. Why? Because it showed her how much David loved the Lord. And it shed a light 
on how much she didn't honor the Lord. Go to Genesis chapter chapter 2. You got some little bit of time you can give me this morning? Just to show you something. Genesis chapter Genesis chapter 4. Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again, this time his brother Abel. Now Abel was a keeper of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. So here we have a shepherd and a farmer. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. You know what I, what I like about this passage? It's the fourth chapter in the book of the Bible and it's demonstrating tithes and offerings. People say, well, I don't have to tithe. That was the law. No one, because this was way before the law. This was something that they were doing to bring honor to the Lord. And the Lord respected Abel's offering, but they didn't respect Cain's. And Cain was very angry and his countenance fell. Why did Cain get angry? Why did she get angry at David? Why did she despise what David was doing? The same reason Cain despised Abel's. Because the Bible says that Cain brought an offering. This is what Cain brought. Here you go, Lord. There's your offering. That's what it says. Cain brought an offering. And the Lord didn't accept it. But it says Abel's offering, he accepted. Why? Because And it's not about an amount. It's not about an amount. But Abel went through and said, all right. Which one am I going to give to the Lord? Which one's most valuable? The 20, the 10, or the three ones? Let me, let me do it this way because this sometimes has the connotation that it's about, it's about an amount. <clears throat> Cain went out to the farm and picked some stuff just to bring to the Lord so he could check it off his list and say, I, got, I did that. Abel went out, to this, went, out to this, uh, went out to his field and said, all right, I want to bring an offering to the Lord. What can I bring to the Lord? David, King David said, I will give nothing. There's nothing that I'm going to bring to the Lord that didn't cost me something. Why, why do we need to give an offering to the Lord? It's not like he needs it because it's not for him. It's for you and me. So Cain goes out to the field and he looks and he's, and he's looking and he's saying, okay, I got, uh, I got Skippy over there, Skippy the sheep. But Skippy don't, Skippy's not looking right. I don't, I, Skippy's not pretty enough. I'm not going to give him that one. You see where I'm going with this? Cain is, I mean, Abel is, is taking thought. He's, he's, he's diving in to a deeper intimacy with his reverence and his honor to the Lord that Cain didn't. And Abel goes, no, no, I, I don't want to do that. 
And so he looks out and what does he find? He picks the best. He said, that, 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 that's the one I'm going to give to the Lord. So one preacher calls it Fluffy. <laughs> fluffy has won the county fair three years in a row. That's the one that Abel went after. And Abel brought Fluffy and said, I, I present this to you to honor you because I love you. And the Bible says that he did not respect Cain's offering. And Cain became angry. So the Lord said to Cain, why are you angry? Why has your countenance fallen? In other words, I didn't do nothing. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door and it desire, its desire is for you, but you should rule over it. Now Cain talked with Abel, his brother, and it came to pass when they were in the field that Cain rose up against Abel, his brother, and killed him. Why did Michael despise David? Why did Cain get angry with Abel? Did Abel do anything? What did Abel do? All he did was have a conversation with his brother. And the next minute, he's dead. What causes a man to, to, to kill? I mean, I love my brother. Sometimes I, you know, and sometimes he want to, especially when we were growing up, I'd go to get a shirt or something, and it's gone. I was talking about you this morning. It's like, where's my shirt? It's on him. What are you doing with my shirt? Well, all, all my clothes are dirty. That ain't my fault. Because I always folded my stuff up. This is before we had kids. I always folded my stuff, you know, had own hangers and all that stuff. You lose some of that when you got kids because you're like, oh, I'm so tired. I'm ready to go sleep. Everybody's got kids. You know what I'm talking about? So if you don't have kids, don't judge me. You're fine. What, as much as I, I don't want to kill him. He don't want to kill me. What caused Cain to become so angry with Abel that he killed his brother? Because it demonstrated, the Abel's offering demonstrated to Cain that Abel loved the Lord more than Cain did. And Cain didn't like it. And so the enemy was at the door. That's what, that's what the Lord told him. What did he say? He said, if you do well, won't your offering be accepted? Take this junk, go back and do what you know is in your heart to do, and you know what you should do, but you're afraid, you're afraid that that $20 won't be there tomorrow, so you don't bring it to me. You're afraid that you'll never have another uh, prize-winning tomato like you did, and so you don't bring it to me. It's not about bringing it to the Lord. The Lord does not have an ego problem. We do. This is for our benefit. This is for us to say, Lord, we worship you. We honor you. I don't feel like worshiping this morning. It's not the song that I like. Then that's all the more reason for you to step in and say, Lord, I worship you. Because it's not about the song. Yes, I believe in good songs. I believe in anointed teams. I believe in excellence. But I also believe that you're at where you're at and you got to do the best with what you got and you honor the Lord. You think 
that some of these folks that we see just woke up one morning and they were there? The men that I've seen in my life that speak into my life that have attained levels of success come from places that you would, you would think, you ended up there? A shepherd boy is now king? Uh, uh, basically, uh, 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 a child conceived out of wedlock, I'm not going to use the word that that is, but a child conceived out of wedlock now becomes the second in command under the king and was sold and told, his, told that he was sold into slavery, but his brothers told his daddy that he was dead. Talking about Samuel. And he becomes second in charge. God uses those things that confound the wise. Joseph. Not Samuel. Joseph. He uses those things that confound the wise. Wise to who? Wise to the world's political system. Wise to the world's religious system. There's a place. Let me, just, let me just step away from this. Let me just share with you what the Lord's been saying to me. There's a place that he's calling us as a church. But it's not like what you think it's like. It's not going to look like what you think it's going to look like. Because it's not by might nor by power, but by my strength, says the Lord. That's what he's been saying. It's not going to look like what you think it's going to look like. You could fill this church up with 500 people. And if the spirit of the place is not right, it's just as dead and lifeless as if it had nobody in it. Because it's not about the numbers. He's after numbers. He's after people, but he's after their heart. He's after us being willing to go to that place and say, Lord, we worship you. We honor you. I was reading this morning in John chapter 4, and Jesus said, if I be lifted up above the earth, I will draw all men unto me. Are you lifting up the name of Jesus? Am I lifting up the name of Jesus? Are we despising one another? Because of the extravagant displays of worship that we bring before the Lord? Are we despising one another because we see somebody who will worship the Lord regardless and somebody else who won't? Is that person who won't despising the one that will? That's dangerous. I pose this for you to, to think about. When we were riding this morning and I was, I was talking to April and we were, we were on our way and we were talking and she was asking me about a certain situation. Why, does, why do people, a person or this couple does this? And I said, uh, I said, I grew up all my life in this. And I've seen, I'm thinking of one specific couple right now, but really I've got two of them in mind now. I'm thinking of one person specifically that I know, but I've seen this pattern play out. And they go to a church, 
and they stay for a little while, and then they leave. The Lord told me to come here. Ha! I'm here. The Lord has called me, and I'm here. And then they're gone. All right, so did the Lord not call you? Because I'm confused. Because I don't think eight months is a barometer. I don't think the Lord changes his mind in eight months. He called you, and now you're gone. And then they go to another church, and they say to that pastor, the Lord, the Lord has led us here. And they're there for a while, and then what do they do? They leave. And then they go to another church. You think that we pastors don't talk? Hey, how you doing? Yeah, I know that couple. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they came here too. Uh, brother, I'm just going to let you pray over that one. They go, and they go, and they go. I've seen people, I've seen a, a, a couple that went to one influential, very public, very TV ministry, then went to another one, then went to another one, and then went to another one. And every one of them got something wrong with them. And I turned to April and I said, maybe, I'm not judging, I'm just saying, maybe the problem's not the church. Maybe the problem's not the ministry. Maybe the problem is you and me. Well, I'm looking for the perfect church. Well, sweetheart, just as quick as you walk through that door, if it was perfect, it ain't perfect no more. <laughs> Lord, I want to pastor a wonderful, glorious church. Well, son, if you do, if you did, you, Benny, you show up, it wouldn't be that. Perfect church. My, my confidence has to rely on him. And you are a wonderful church. You are a wonderful people. Most of you. I'm kidding. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about him. And it's about them. Well, I just got born again. Great. Now it's about somebody else. Everything that we do in the kingdom of God is about sacrifice. Because Jesus said, if a man desires to save his life, he must what? Lose it. We've got to get beyond where we are right now. And this is what he's doing. Listen to me. Says the Spirit of the Lord inside of me. This is what he's doing. We've got to press in and move beyond where we're at with praise and worship. Because this is where the battle is. This is it. If you, if you cannot stand up in your, in your car, in your house, and lift your hands and worship the Lord, ask yourself why. Why? Why did she despise David? Why, Miss Carol? Why did she despise what he was doing? It had nothing to do with her. Ah, but it did. Because what he was doing was reflecting on her what she was not doing and what she should be doing. Well, you judging me. I'm not judging you. 
Judgment is, I can't believe you don't do that. Truth says, you don't need to do that. Because it'll kill you. It'll destroy you. Judgment says, well, if I was them, I wouldn't do it that way. And you don't know that. You, this is why judging is so, is so dangerous because you and I don't know what they're going through and we might not do as good if we were in their shoes. That's why you don't come here looking for everybody else before you worship. Mm-mm. He is worthy. That's why we worship. He is worthy. And when we bring his word, when we bring our word and we say, Lord, you're worthy, we worship you, we honor you, it's about him. And now the things in our life begin to be magnified. And that thing that's been there, if you would just worship the Lord and say, Lord, I, I, I give that to you. And as you worship, the Lord begins to, there begins to be a focused amount of His power and His glory upon that situation. And it changes right before your eyes. I'm t- I mean, I, I, don't know how, I don't know how to say it. I'm telling you, this thing is in me like I don't even, I can't even hardly articulate it from time to time. People say, well, I, I can't, I don't understand why people just go to church and all they do is worship. <laughs> wow, how could you not? Well, what about the word, brother? We got to preach the word. He said the word was made flesh and dwelt among men. And as we lift up the name of Jesus, see, this is where praise and worship's got off. You ever been worshiping? Maybe you were worshiping the ones. You ever been worshiping and all of a sudden these things start coming up in you? Don't forget about that bill tomorrow. You know, that situation that you're dealing with at work, you could probably fix it like this. And you begin to go, mm, I rebuke that. I'm getting distracted. Lord, I worship you. See, because we have this mentality that the things that, that, that are at work, I'm, I'm using you because you're right here in front of me. And it's easy, so I know you ain't going to get mad at me. The things that he's dealing with at work, he's separate. Religion goes, well, you can't bring that because that's not worthy of the Lord. If it's important to you, it's important to him. And if it's important to you and it's not important to him, you're so much important to him that he will change what's important to you and get it in line with him. Now, that was worth me coming to church this morning. We're so fearful of this thing where, well, if I dance before the Lord, i got to do it right because I don't want to be embarrassed. I would imagine he was probably flashing everybody while he was dancing. But it gave the Lord such pleasure because, man, I'm telling you, he would rather have David, uh, uh, an imprint of David's shape through the wall, and that's the wrong wall, but it's like the Lord goes, that's my boy, come here, you're in the wrong spot, go that way. Rather than, come on. You can do it. We No, he wants us to go after. And that's what happened. She despised him because he was displaying to the Lord and giving him all that he had. And she despised him. That's not us though, is it? We're not going to do that. I got two people to say amen. 
Come on, we're not going to despise extravagant displays. We're not going to be those folks. You don't go to the football game and go, man, I can't believe them folks over there. They're a little too loud. No, they're just excited. See, you know why? I'm going to I'm, I'm landing the plane. I may just slam the plane down on the runway. Listen, do you know why he don't like it? Because the most, the most uh, impotent Christian there is is the one who's straddling the fence. I don't mean between good and bad. I don't mean, you know, smoking weed on the weekends and doing something else during the week. I'm not talking about that Christian. I'm talking about, well, I am talking about that Christian to a degree. But I'm talking about the one who would just barely get into the things of God and then back off because they listen to the enemy. You can't do that and people are going to think you're crazy. You can't do that because it's not right. It's not the right. It's, it's not this. And the, no, because he knows that the most ineffective Christian is the one who won't display and give his all to the Lord. But you give your all and you step into that place and you say, listen, lordship is about lordship. Lord, you can have me here, but you can't have my work. That's why when Langston's worshiping, the Holy Spirit begins to interact with him and says, listen, that thing you've been wrestling with, here's the answer. I'll go to praise and worship with Cam. You know, all of our churches and ministries, we get together once a month. And I'll go there and they'll start worshiping. And I ain't feeling it. See, you thought you was the only one. But I've learned. It's not about me. I worship you. See, there's something about... This, this, this is... This, <laughs> <laughs> why do I say stand to your feet and lift your hands because there's something that happens in you when you stand to your feet and lift your hands the Bible doesn't say lift your hands and shout for joy all y'all who've had that personality come on now this is your time to shine all you outgoing evangelists boy this is it for you now shout to the Lord glory no that's for everybody he created us to fellowship and to worship Him with all of our might. I'm not condemning you. Because I speak into myself. I have to do it. from, But I'm telling you, if you will just, Lord, I worship you. I give you all honor and all praise. There's something the devil knows. He knows that when you do that, things begin to fall off your life. Stand to your feet. Where's Haley? Can you go find Haley? We're closing this worship two-week thing we did on worship. I'm closing this out. But I'm starting a new series called Honor, A Culture of Honor. And this is something that has been hand-in-hand hand to me because we've lost an honor and a respect in our society for anything and everything that has to do with God, government, or people of authority. We're getting ready to elect a new president. And Lord knows, 
sometimes neither one of them displays the qualities that we so hold dearly when it comes to honor and respect. But do you and I trust the Lord enough that, that we can do our part and pray and believe and that the hand of Almighty God will do what He needs to do in our leaders? Do you believe that? Do you believe, 1 Timothy, that says pray for your leaders, leaders that we may live a quiet and peaceable life? With all peaceableness. Listen to me guys. This. This is about honor. And I heard the Lord just as strong. I'm fixing to just lay it down for you. I heard the Lord so strongly this week tell me. He said son. When you honor me. Don't you ever think that I won't honor you. You make me first in your life and I'll demonstrate to everybody that you're first in mine. I'm the disciple the Lord loves. Do you? See, I know the disciples got mad at him. How are you going to say that you're the disciple that the Lord loves? Because he said, I can't know for you, but I can know for me. Do you love him? The highest expression, the highest expression, the highest expression and form of love is giving. Close your eyes. Close your eyes. And lift your hands to the Lord. And say, Lord, you're worthy. Come on, say it with me. Lord, you're worthy. You are worthy of all praise. You are worthy of all honor. I worship you. Glory, glory, glory. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, you are worthy. You are worthy. Holy, holy, holy. Come on, just stay right there just for a second. You're worthy, Lord. Holy, 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 holy. Holy, 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 holy. Thank you, Lord. Your presence, your presence is heaven. Oh Lord, we worship you this morning.
to be. Oh, Lord, we worship you. Come on, just lift your hands. Just worship the Lord. Oh, your presence. Oh, Lord, your presence. We honor you. We worship you. We lift up the name of Jesus. Oh, Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we lift your name, oh, Lord.
Thank you, Lord. Oh, yes, we worship your name. Oh, that answer you've been thinking about, that thing you've been believing God for, he's answering right now. Oh, just listen and receive, yeah. Sing that together before we leave. Your presence is heaven. what we're going to do. We're just going to leave like this. We're just going to leave in His presence. We're not disengaging from His presence. We're just taking His presence from one location to another. Take His presence to the buffet. Take His presence through the drive-thru. Take His presence to the house. Whatever it is, take His presence Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, Jesus, we take your presence. We take your presence everywhere. No, no, that's not it. <laughs> oh, Lord, we manifest your presence. We manifest your presence. Be a conduit for his presence today. <laughs>